Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Friday, January 8th, here on the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining. This is Rob Leonio, your new host for the show for the upcoming 2021 season. We're counting down to opening night. Arizona Coyotes versus the San Jose Sharks next Thursday. Going to be super exciting. First, guys, I do want to address one thing. I know you might have noticed there was no episode on Thursday yesterday. Uh, I believe that it was in the best interest not to have a show in light of the events that happened on Wednesday. I had to take a day of reflection for it, and I hope you guys maybe did too. And I just want to know we're here now to provide a way for an escape for you guys so we can enjoy some sports because hockey is coming back in less than a week. How exciting is that? We're going to talk about that all throughout today's show. And to do that, I've been saying all at the beginning of the week that I've been having, I plan to have a lot of guests on this show. You heard on uh, Wednesday morning that uh, with we, we had a, uh, uh, Carl Pavlik of Five for Howling. And now I got my good friend Eric Clock, who used to be a co-host in one of my old radio shows when both back when we were both students at the University of Arizona. Eric, thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. Good to be on. So let's let let's let's uh first talk about the uh upcoming season for Arizona. Uh maybe a couple things coming from training camp. They started going through s- some scrimmaging. Um it's hard to tell exactly what's what to take out of the training camp right now because um, so far, all uh, living in Tucson for me, all I've been able to see is some social media stuff, and maybe you can say the same thing. But mate, what what have you seen, or just what do you know about this Coyote squad heading into this season? You know, honestly, I think that people are overstating the loss of Taylor Hall. You know, people are acting like this team is going to go into a rebuild. And I honestly thought, you know, I thought Taylor Hall was great as a coyote. And, you know, I think I said that on the last show that I did with you back in um, August, like during the, uh, the play-ins, right? Um, right. I thought he was a very good player for the coyotes, but they were winning before he got there. There was a reason why they went out and got him. And, you know, they were a good team. They were, I think they were leading their division the day that they traded for him. And I mean, aside from Taylor Hall, I mean, most all the other losses that they've had, I think have been, you know, relatively inconsequential, you know, and you could obviously get a bounce back season from a guy like Phil Kessel. You know, I think that's definitely a player that we all have to watch. Um, I mean, the defensive core is still pretty much there. Darcy Kemper, Auntie Ranta, still a great goalie tandem. Um, I mean, I think the team could surprise people. I I, I think so, too. Um, I I said this at the beginning of the week is I I wouldn't put it past this team to make the playoffs again. And I I think uh, the uh, over under uh, for them right now in terms of total points uh, over with our friends at betonline.ag, they have Arizona. And I talked about this with Carl earlier in the week. It's about 59 and a half points, which would put them at fifth in the division, right behind Minnesota at 61 and a half. So it's really close in terms of that fourth spot in the 
Pacific, or I said, did I say Pacific in the West Division? See, I'm going to be doing that a lot too. Um, but so, yeah, this team is definitely not out of question. Um, I think, you know, some of the other players they lost in uh, Michael Grabner and in uh, Derek Stepan, they are, you know, debt players. So it's okay to have them gone. Uh, at bringing in Derek Broussard is a way to kind of replace that as probably like a third line center or so around there. Uh, what do you, yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that you're definitely right on the money there. I mean, bringing in a guy like Derek Broussard is going to help compensate for the loss of, you know, a guy like Derek Stepan. And then also, you know, I mean, maybe uh, Barrett, Hay- uh, Barrett Hayton takes a bigger role with the Coyotes. You know, I mean, he was a good young player for them last year. You know, he was obviously great for Canada at the World Juniors last year before he got hurt. Uh, during that tournament, you know, he was great for the Coyotes before he got hurt at the World Juniors. And, you know, maybe they slide him into um, one of those depth center spots and he, you know, steps up and becomes a real contributor. You know, and then you have guys like Connor Garland that are in contract years, you know, they, the infamous contract year. And um, he's been nothing but a pleasant surprise for a lot of people in the Coyotes fan base. I mean, we got to see a little bit more of what he was about before a lot of people did down in Tucson with the Roadrunners um, while Rob and I were both covering them. But, you know, I I really think that you're not going to feel those depth losses for a lot of the reasons you also said. And I think the other, the other thing that is really going to help benefit this Coyote squad as well is the implementation of the, the taxi squad heading into uh, this year is – um, as a refresher for everyone, the these teams are allowed to bring, you know, I think about like six or so extra players on their roster in case a player gets COVID or they, you know, get a inconclusive test. So they're out for a game or whatever. So you need to get one of these guys from the taxi squad to uh, rush in and fill in. And these are guys, these are mostly going to be guys from uh, from Tucson who were have been playing well in Tucson, like a like your. For example, your forwards in like a Hudson fashion or um, I'm blanking on some of the other names or a defenseman, Kyle Capobianco. You're going to see those guys. Aiden Hill is going to be probably taxi squad goalie. And to have this is something that I said with Carl on 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 Wednesday morning that having Aiden Hill makes Arizona probably have one probably one of the most lethal like trifecta of goalies right now in the league. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I think that's why, I mean, you saw me tweet that out a couple of weeks ago that I think St. Louis is going to miss the playoffs. That's one of my hot takes heading into the season. And I think they're going to miss the playoffs because of how weak their goalie tandem is now after losing, um, after losing Allen. You know, I just really, I don't think that you can rely on Jordan Bennington and their, whoever their backup is now. Let me see who that is. Yeah, Vili Huso. Oh, Some, okay. Yeah, uh, no-name AHL goalie. You know, I mean, I just don't think that you can rely on that tandem to carry you through a shortened season, a shortened, condensed schedule. Um, and that's, like, one thing that the Coyotes really have a strength in compared to a team like the St. Louis Blues, you know, that doesn't have as strong of a goalie tandem as the Coyotes do. 
And uh, you actually did remind me too. I um, I do want to get into talking about that West Division with you in just a sec. And uh, we will actually, actually, why don't we do that in our uh, in this next segment? Uh, so we can go ahead and do that in literally just a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about BetOnline.ag. You heard me talk about it just earlier in this show, and you heard me talk. You heard me talk about it all week long. It's uh, really the one place that has you covered, and the one place we at the Locked On Podcast Network trust for betting. That's BetOnline.ag. With the NHL season coming up, there's a lot of things you can bet on. Games, futures, who's going to win the Stanley Cup? Hey, I looked on. I even looked on here. It has a final save percentage for Darcy Kemper. You can go ahead and bet on that. That's those are some super fun stuff on this lockedon.ag. Guys, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to Locked On Coyotes on this wonderful Friday morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time you are listening to this episode. Rob Liani here, the new host of Locked On Coyotes. Having my uh, wonderful friend Eric Clock here joining us. We're going to yep. start talking about, well, the West Division now. The Honda West Division. We should maybe get in the habit of saying that. The Honda West Division. Um, oh, no one's going to call that. Uh, well, no fan's going to call us call yeah. it that. You know, everyone, and if you're uh, you know, one of those uh, major TV guys, you kind of have to call it. And it's going to be on the official um you know those official placards you know saying oh like the media guides and everything honda west division it's just anyways but that's that that's that's for another talk well that was for another talk if you hear if you listen to my talk with that with uh, carl earlier this week but let's talk about the division so the west division so eric you and i actually were going back and forth about this uh before the new year uh, on a text chain about how this West division is going to go. And uh, like you said before the break is you think, you know, because of, you know, Allen's departure, the blues aren't really going to be that great. It's not that I don't think they're going to be that great. I just think that they might be a lot worse than a lot of people are expecting them to be. And I think that there's a good chance that they're going to miss the playoffs. And that's what I'm going to predict, you know, because who knows too, how much the uh, the loss of Alex Petrangelo is going to hurt them, who's going to now a division rival in Vegas, right? You lose your best player, you lose your best defenseman, um, and you know your captain, a leader in the locker room, and now you're much less deep in net, you know, Jake Allen gone. So, I mean, St. Louis, I know that they there's that recency bias with them winning the Stanley Cup back in 2019 that's going to cause a lot of people to say like, oh, it's them, Colorado, and Vegas, you know, favored to finish top three in the division. That's what I'm hearing a lot of people say. And I say kind of not so fast with that with St. Louis. Yeah. And uh, the, the the top two teams, I think, are almost without a question going to be the top two teams. And I think it's going to be probably what Vegas won, Colorado two, or the other. It could really go the other way around either. It doesn't matter. But those two teams are without a doubt going to be the top two. It's really anyone's guess, in my opinion, what happens after that with the, probably the exception of the bottom two teams in Los Angeles and Anaheim. I think LA will be the better between those two in all honesty. 
They have a lot of good young kids. They have one of the best prospect pools in the league. Um, now I kind of like LA heading into this season. I mean, they could be, it just depends which kids take a step forward. You know, that's kind of how I feel about LA. It's going to be scary when, even though it's probably not going to happen this, maybe not this season. I don't know when, uh, but when uh, we see a lot more of uh, Alex Turcotte. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, you can say the same thing about Zegras and Anaheim, but um, that's interesting yeah. though, you know, now that we mentioned those players, because I was watching the World Junior Tournament, I think Zegras is really good, but I don't think his sh- shot is quite NHL level yet. Like if you watch some of those games and you watch him try to, you know, fire off like one-timers on the power play, um, too often he would mishandle it and not really um, get as much on it as you would expect an NHL level player to do. Um, but I mean, we'll see. I mean, obviously he's a very good player. I mean, Team USA, great win, all that. But um, I mean, but here's the other thing too, with LA and Anaheim having so many players coming. Uh, out of the world junior tournament, those guys are going to be a lot fresher than many of the other players on the Kings and Ducks rosters that haven't played hockey for almost a year at this point, you know, having just played the world junior tournament. So that might favor those guys heading into training camps or whatever abbreviated training camp that we're getting um, and into the shortened season that they're just in much better game shape than a lot of other guys. No, no, you may... You make a fair point, and uh, I think I think you know for the Coyotes' sake, you can say the same thing about John Farinacci. We had talk I had to talk about that with Carl also earlier this week. But uh, what I want to hear from you is so, like we said, those top two teams and those bottom two teams. Uh, take us through the your rest of the uh, like where where you have these uh, the the teams here in the West Division. How do you how do you stack it up? So I have Anaheim in last, then I have LA uh, just above them, and then after that, Minnesota, and then my final team missing the playoffs is St. Louis, and then, I mean, this is probably where I would get the most pushback. I mean, I I was showing Rob which teams I think are going to miss and which teams I think are going to make it um, back in, yeah, just before Christmas, you know, just before the new year, Um, and I think the Pacific is the division I would get the most pushback in. Because I have San Jose in the fourth spot, I have Arizona in the third, and then I have Vegas finishing one, Colorado finishing second. I have Vegas finishing first because, you know, top to bottom, the only real weakness on Vegas's roster is at the center ice position. Other than that, they're extremely deep everywhere, especially in net. You know, Leonard and Flurry, that's going that's a fantastic goalie tandem that really will help them in this shortened season. Um, and, you know, they're built to win, and they're built to win now, minus the center position. It's a little bit iffy there then Colorado obviously fantastic team Nathan McKinnon second best player in the game um you know they're just sorry about that yeah they're a great great team Colorado obviously and um and then Arizona you know it was all the stuff I was saying earlier they're they're strong in net you know before they got Taylor Hall they were winning games last season you know and they're a relatively young team, you know, I think they'll have a really good ability to stay fresh and play hard and compete um, in a really, really tough short season. So, you know, I, that's why I like Arizona. And then, you know, just to kind of round off that top four, um, I like San Jose because they have a very good old core with guys, you know, like Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Logan Couture, 
um, and all those guys. And I think that those players are really going to benefit from not playing hockey for as long as they did. I know I'm kind of contradicting myself with what I said earlier about the young players coming out of the world juniors. But I mean, you have to remember that Eric Carlson's foot has been basically um, half broken since the 2018 playoffs or 2017 playoffs. Sorry. Um, and, you know, for a lot of those really, really good old veteran players that San, that San Jose has, not playing hockey for that long is going to really help them. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, so far, I think you're the only one who uh, has San Jose that high. Um, I think a lot, I think most people have them probably only not too far above LA and Anaheim. Um, definitely I don't know, not the, rats, the bottom, I think that, yeah. So we'll we'll see where 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 they go um how that goes but but you know i do like i do like that because uh um you know those those four teams i think are probably the four teams that i've you know i've personally followed the most in the uh in the west division for coming up this year just because well i mean of course like we said those top two teams in uh in the west which is undoubtedly and you want to follow them see how good they are Arizona, well, I cover the team, and San Jose, my hometown. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll want to go each, each each from there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting perspective, the way, the, the, uh, the one that you offered. Yeah, and I mean, you have to expect the unexpected to a certain degree in the NHL. I mean, every year you see teams make it that you didn't expect to make it and teams miss that you didn't expect to miss. You know what I mean? And that's obviously not enough, a good enough of a reason by itself to say, oh, St. Louis is going to miss the playoffs. Um, but I mean, I just really don't trust the depth in that lineup, especially in net. And, you know, Tori Krug is a great hockey player, but he's not uh, Petrangelo level. And he's honestly a Norris Trophy level defenseman, but, but Krug is not, you know? And uh, yeah, I mean, I just don't, I mean, St. Louis, when they won the cup too, they were more, they weren't necessarily a Cinderella team, but they weren't Tampa Bay. Like when Tampa Bay won, they were that team that was waiting to win, you know, for basically a five, six year window, you know, where they were a solid contender throughout. Like St. Louis kind of went on a run that no one was really expecting. So, I mean, right. I think people are giving them a lot more as they kind of should give them the benefit of the doubt because they did win the Stanley Cup just two seasons ago. But I mean, I see holes and I just, I'm not necessarily buying them. And Minnesota's not that good either. Or they just aren't. I mean, I, I think, I still think Eric Stahl's an effective hockey player. I think he's really going to help Buffalo. I really like Buffalo. I know we're not talking about the East Division, but I'll throw that in there. Um, I don't think Marcus Johansson's as good, even though he's a younger player. Um, you know, I just, I don't really see why you should necessarily favor a Minnesota over say a Arizona, you know, or San Jose. Like I, I don't really see what separates them so greatly um, in other people's minds from teams like San Jose and Arizona. I, I'd say that's fair enough. And Hey, let's, uh, you know what? Um, something that I don't know why it just came to me is uh, because we have you on, I think here in this, in, in our, uh, in our third segment, let's talk some Tucson Roadrunners and more really not just the road, but Roadrunners itself, but let's talk some, uh, some stories from the press box. Maybe we can share with a few people, not oh boy. overly, 
not overly sharing, but some 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 uh, some some fun stories from the press box. I think that should be fun. That will come up in just a sec. But first, I want to remind you guys that uh, 2020 mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. And it's now time for the final segment here on Locked On Coyotes. I'm Rob Bionio, Eric Clock here joining me today. It's now time to talk some Tucson Roadrunners, and this is something that literally just came to me because we have you on. We can talk Tucson because you and I have covered Tucson for about, you know, three, four years. So it yeah. should be a fun discussion, and maybe we'll even, we'll, let's see, we can even talk some, uh, as I mentioned, uh, some press box stories, stories from the press box that uh, uh, people normally won't be able to hear because, well, we're in our own little room or kind of patio or whatever you want to call it, kind of talk, just talking to ourselves. Uh, it's it's really interesting. The people that you'll meet and the people that you'll see up in, even in an AHL press box, like I'll, I'll never forget. This was during my first season covering the Roadrunners during the inaugural season. Um, and I asked a man sitting next to me for, uh, you know, his packet, like at, like there's, there are media packets at, uh, professional hockey games that basically tell you, you know, like the last 10 record of whichever team, you know, um, whoever the leading scores are just all kinds of information that you can look up. Right. Um, and I asked a guy for his packet that's sitting next to me. And then later he gets up and like, goes like out into the hallway to talk on his phone. Right. And one of the uh, interns working there, one of the media, like social media girls comes up to me and she says, you know who that is, right? Who you're talking to? She's like, that's Dean Lombardi, who was still the uh, the LA Kings general manager. Then I was just like, no way. Like, I, like, wow, I'm just like talking to an NHL general manager right now. And I didn't even realize. And, you know, after the game, I had a nice, you know, little five minute conversation with him. But, you know, I was just talking to him like he was just any other person, <laughs> not having any idea who I was who I was talking to, you know, two-time Stanley Cup champion and all that. Yeah, no, I, I always love hearing stories like that. Um, like, I'd say the, the person that I met was, uh, like, like the, I guess becomes the, uh, I, I can call, I guess, the highest name that I can think of at this point. It wasn't a simple conversation like that. It was, well, it, I guess it was a simple conversation. We were just, uh, I guess, chatting in the, me- the meal room before the game. Um, and I'm just, you know, it's this old guy. I think I, you know, I, 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 I will say at first, I think he's the, um, he's just like one of the off ice officials just, you know, there. Cause if you see the, if you're there, Eric, the off ice officials are usually, you know, older, older gentlemen. Um, yeah. you see and, the same people every day too, especially in the AHL. Yeah. But I, we start talking more and I think another reporter from another outlet is also talking to him and um gives me his card and it says uh uh jack ferreira la kings and i'm and i'm like so like what do you do oh i'm the assistant general manager um i'm like oh that's awesome and he started talking we started talking more about him and he's like fun fact because i think he saw um maybe something i was wearing at that time maybe it was something that related to my hometown of san jose he's like did you know I was actually the very first general manager 
of these San Jose oh, Sharks. Oh, I remember this conversation now. I was standing right next and to you when he I, said that. I remember this now. I was like, yeah, you remember that? I was like, I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, oh crap! No way! That's awesome. Um, so obviously, that some of the stories you hear from here are pretty awesome. Um, and that and it goes beyond just meeting general managers and meeting other front office people. It literally goes with some of the stuff that you hear in the locker room or you know outside the locker room because of the um well it's you know it's the ahl so you get the same kind of access like you do the nhl but maybe a little bit more and uh the answers are some like these player answers are very cliche but the coaches they'll go off the rails sometimes and well, i, mike I think van ryan mike, mike van, van ryan was something the second coach of the Tucson Roadrunners, he definitely let us know what he was thinking. Yeah. I remember one game they got shut out and he literally said, well, we have to score more than zero goals. Like you can't win if you don't score any goals. I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely put that in my article. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> Wasn't there one where he, where, where he was like, oh, maybe I should put you on my coaching staff. Yeah, because I was talking about it was funny. Like I was asking him about like, oh God, what was it about? Um, I was just saying, like, oh, like you guys scored a bunch of like goals, like, you know, just off of rebounds. Like you guys you guys were moving the puck around really well. It looked like you guys were shooting low a lot, you know, just like kind of putting the puck on the net. Is that like something that you guys consciously went into this game trying to do? And he was just like, Oh, really? God, I should put you in the stats department if that's what you'd notice. And it was. That's that's what happened that game. But um no, I never got the job. Just full disclosure. Huh. <laughs> I'm in law school now. My favorite Mike Van Ryan story. And for those of you who've probably heard this numerous times, if you listen to any of my old shows, is the one where he just goes off the rails on the officials after a game against Chicago. He just like, he's like, oh, those clowns didn't know what they were seeing. It's like, you know, the emotion gets to them and like half the things, I don't even know what they're doing. He's like, it's a joke. He just keeps going on. It's like, it's like, and, I, and you know what? I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I don't care. You know what the most memorable part of that whole exchange was for me was when a, another reporter, another guy, it wasn't me or Rob that asked this question. Um, but another reporter asked him about because he was named the uh, the head coach of the Pacific Division All Star team for the AHL All Star game, and another guy asks him about like, oh, like, are you excited to like do like the all coach the All Star game? Like, are you guys going to the airport after this? He's like, I don't care about that. Like after like this, basically this like clown show of officiating that we saw. I'm I'm paraphrasing, but um, yeah, he did not take kindly to that question. It was. I mean, he was obviously upset, but it was kind of like funny to see like how upset he was about this question about the All-Star game. I think the uh, the best part for me about that, and it wasn't really what happened that night, but what happened months later when I asked him a question about the officiating after a game in the playoffs. And I know you weren't there because I think I don't think you were covering the playoffs. Yeah, that was, I was like, yeah. so. I was I was asking them because um, there was a lot of controversial calls in that game that told that definitely l- slowed the momentum of Tucson. And he's like, you know, I already went off the rails talking about the refs earlier this season, and you know that I'm not going to do that again because I already got in massive trouble. And I'm like, 
last time you didn't care, dude. So you what? I'm like, come on. Yeah, he was a good coach. I mean, he's actually an assistant coach of the uh, the Blues now. For those of you uh, who don't know, yes, he um, is. Yeah, he'll be an NHL head coach someday. I think. I thought he was a good coach in Tucson. You know, now he's a uh, NHL assistant coach. Um, he'll get there. He'll be behind the bench one day, for sure. And then, I think the press box more interesting than anything, though. Um, just like the the stuff that you'll hear people talk about, the people that you'll meet, like more than the post game interviews, for me, because like it's like you said, you get those cliche answers. You get like the like, oh, we got to get pucks deep, you know, get pucks to the net, um, you know, just like player systems, player identity. And yeah, like the coach conversations are more interesting, but you know, like for good reason, the players and the coaches are guarded, you know, when they respond to you. But um, just when you hear like, you know, the little rumors from whoever in the uh, in the press box or, you know, like one time I sat next to Ryan Malone, uh, formerly of the Pittsburgh Penguins and uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, he was up there in the press box because he was an AHL veteran. Right. Right. Um, and often you'll see that you'll see, you know, veteran guys that used to play in the AHL signed down in the AHL, you know, just to be like that veteran presence to show the kids the way, show them how to be pros, all that stuff. Right. Like I, um, I, I sat next to Doug Wilson Jr. as well. Um, yeah. On, on top of a few, several other, you know, high profile hockey names. And it's cool to see them there. And, you know, I had a great conversation with Ryan Malone. It was probably the best conversation I ever had. It was we talked basically like an entire two periods, probably like a 40 minute conversation, you know, just about hockey, about like all kinds of fun stuff. Um, like when he was in the league, everything, uh, it was like all off the record too. Like I wasn't going to like write an article about like what we were talking about. It was just like us, you know, shooting it. Right. And, yeah. um, one of the, uh, the media guys comes over that works for the road Riders, I won't say who, um, basically came over and said, you know, like we were like laughing and like talking too loud that like, they were like starting to like hear us like on the, on the radio broadcast. Cause the radio booth is right, right behind us. And I, I'm like, I'm kind of a loud talker in person. Um, obviously you can't hear that over the podcast, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was a interesting night. Uh, we've got called, called out about that a couple of times. Yeah, we have too. you and I have plenty of times. But I never was told I was getting picked up on the radio. Well, I mean, it makes sense because there's a shotgun mic literally about five feet behind us. Yeah, true. I, yeah, you know, that's, I mean, the uh, what you got to work with on a uh, minor league hockey radio broadcast. But that's okay. But, I mean, that was fun talking about some of these stories because, you know, so, a lot of you guys, you, got, you, you usually don't get to hear stuff like this. And, you know. That's why I bring a guy like Eric in here because he, you know, he's been there alongside alongside me covering Tucson in the American Hockey League. And usually, again, you don't get as many stories like that because in the NHL, you know, kind of it's all separated and everyone's in their own ponds. And here, it's mm-hmm. it's a lot more a lot more close and a lot more interesting. So thanks, Eric, for uh, going through these uh, stories. It was really fun. Oh, taking a trip down memory lane. Absolutely. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up in just a sec. I just, but I do want to remind you guys that uh, this week on Locked On NHL, get ready for the uh, start of the regular season with Sarah Vampato and the Locked On NHL season preview series. Previews of all 31 teams, division by division, and who to pick up 
in your fantasy leagues, courtesy of Locked On Fantasy Coast, Scott Collin. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, that will just about do it for this episode of Locked On Coyotes. Hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, again, I do love having guests on, so I hope to have a lot more guests. Hope to have Eric on uh, a couple times more. I mean, obviously, it's a daily podcast. I'm not sure how. I know you're a busy guy. You got law school, so but we can try to get pitch you in uh, sometime, maybe. We'll oh, see. absolutely. Love to come on again. But again, thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode. We'll be back on Monday. Just a few more sleeps until opening night. Arizona Coyotes, San Jose Sharks on Thursday. That's it for me, guys. This is Rob Leonio. Stay safe, stay healthy, and how long? Have you-